Welcome back to our Yankees podcast. Believe of the Bronx, Pete Caldera here in Midtown Manhattan. Mike Stanton, three-time Yankees World Championship reliever uh, in his Houston studios. Uh, I also have some some company here, Mike, if you might hear. Uh, uh, my 99-year-old building, they're doing some work uh, right outside my window <laughs> right now, as a matter of fact. So, uh, if so you live in a historic voices, site, uh, is what you're telling me. It, it's not a, a landmark building per se, <laughs> but I, I, um, but it isn't a landmark area. So um, okay, and this is what happens with ninety-nine-year-old buildings in Manhattan. They have well, listen, if there wasn't noise in the background, you being in Manhattan, that's when we would think there was something wrong. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, good segue because there could be a little more noise in the Yankees uh, lineup uh, yeah. coming up this weekend with Aaron Judge finally coming back after eight weeks. Very long weeks of being sidelined with that that big right big toe injury, and uh, as we talked about a little earlier, you know he, he's got to be dealing with pain. Sure. Uh, this is probably not something that's going to uh, get better until the off season, and a possible uh, surgery is on the table. But right now, it, it's about you know Judge kind of managing through that pain. You know, having a few DH days uh, mixed in early with the with playing right field and. Uh, you know, hoping that they can get some structure and balance, and uh, you know, and frankly, just some some from some juice back in the lineup, right. and and hoping that that can uh, you know just be more than a pick me up for for a team that really needs it right now. Well, just the psychological boost will be huge. I mean, that will help the whole yeah. team. That'll help the pitchers. It really doesn't matter. And and uh, hey, listen, we know Aaron Judge is a tough guy. Uh, this is not something there is probably pain involved. We don't really know to what extent, but if you remember, that was one of the things he was talking about. I have to, you know, the, the pain management side of this is going to be a big part of it. And there may be some extra off days in there. This may not be a situation. They can just throw him in the lineup and let him go. He may have to take some off days, you know, if it, if it, the pain gets a little bit excessive, but uh, it's great to see him back in and, you know, this Yankee team, yeah, they're still in last place, but, you know, eight games back, only two and a half games out of the wild card. They are still right in the hunt. Yeah. And, um, you know, and we also should say, I mean, there's a caveat there. You don't know, uh, you know, what kind of Aaron Judge you're going to get back. I mean, is he going right. to, you know, slot right back there and be the, 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 uh, the reigning AL MVP and the guy who had, uh, you know, put together uh, another tremendous uh, first couple of months before he went on the IL uh, mm-hmm. with the injury. I, I think there's there's got to be at least some adjustment period. But he is Aaron Judge, one of the right. you know, best players on on the planet. And as you said, even um, some of the Yankees were talking about this last night after the game. It, just his presence back in that lineup, uh, sure. knowing that he's going to get four at bats in a game, uh, it serves as as really its its own boost. Even if he doesn't come back and he's that MVP caliber player, he's still Aaron Judge. There's still an aura that goes around him. The danger of him hitting the ball out of the ballpark is always there, uh, whether he's got that right big toe or not. So it's going to be interesting to see how teams attack him. But, you know, he's the type of player that it doesn't matter really where he is in the lineup. the opposing manager is always going to know where he is. Knows how many yeah. t- how many at bats before he comes up, and they want to try and limit that the possibility of if he does hit it out of the ballpark that it's not a crooked number. You know, so he's the type of player, and there's not a whole lot of them in Major League Baseball. There's a few, but right. he's the type of player like- that makes everybody better in the lineup. Yeah, you, you know whether he's uh, in a slump or or he's you know or, or he's going gangbusters. Uh, there's a way. Managers have to be worried about him, and, and, sure. it, and it changes how you pitch the entire lineup, not just 
not just him, but but you know he's coming back in a really critical time too. I mean, I don't I don't think it's any um, you know coincidence that he's coming back uh, at Baltimore against the first place uh, Orioles mm-hmm. uh, at Camden Yards. Right after that, the Yankees come home play a series against the the Tampa Bay Rays. After that, the Houston Astros come to town for their right. first uh, Yankee series. So I mean, this is about to be a real brutal stretch for the Yankees at a time where, you know, they have to start playing their best baseball. They just, uh, there's just no doubt. I mean, yeah. I gave, I gave the positive side of it is that they're eight, they're only eight games back, but they're still eight games back. You know, that's also the negative side of it, right? That there's still in, in last place, you know, the Red Sox have won four in a row. The Red Sox are, I think just a game back in the wild card. You know, this we knew that this uh, American League East was going to be a difficult, uh, a difficult division, and that's exactly what it is. And the the funny thing is, you look all the way across Major League Baseball. There's no way to predict exactly what's going to happen. You know, we've got the trade deadline here coming up in just a few days. Um, it's been relatively quiet, and I, to tell you the truth, I think there's a chance it stays quiet. And we will get to the number one player on the market, Shohei Otani, in just a minute. But um, I just the the problem we have is the asking prices are very high, and the reason they are is because there's so many teams that are still involved. You don't have a whole lot of sellers, so that makes the price of the players that are available it makes it go through the roof. Yeah, I, I, I'm not anticipating that it's going to be you know the the, the crazy trade deadline we had right. last year with so many bold. Uh, name is moving, but you, you mentioned Otani. Um, I'm guessing you're not surprised that uh, it seems like he's going to be staying put with the recent deal the Angels just made with the White Sox. Yeah, no, I, I, I said I think well, a, a podcast or two ago, you know, I said that uh, I felt like that they absolutely had to move Otani, and I still feel that way because you let him play it out. What are you going to get? You know, you're going to get a sandwich pick. You're going to get a draft pick at the end of the first round or something like that. And that's, you know, depending on, you have really no idea what kind of talent that player is going to have. So, because there's a big difference between, you know, a top 10 pick in the draft and a 25, 30, 35 overall pick. So that there's a big difference in the talent level there. So yeah, I felt like the whole time they needed to, but Artie, Artie Moreno has decided that they're not going Going to move him. He feels like the putting rear ends in the seats for these last couple months of the season is going to be uh, is more important. And hey, he's the owner; it's his prerogative. But personally, baseball operations wise, I think he should be moved. Yeah, I mean, but they're also you know kind of in the same boat the Yankees are. You know, on uh, on the the periphery of that 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 wild card with a you know with a chance to make the postseason. And for the Angels, you know, you know that. Uh, who've been really a star-crossed franchise, uh, you know, since Moreno took ownership of that team. Uh, yeah, I'm just checking you know, exactly where they are in the standings. Two, yeah, I mean, to have... So there's seven I mean, games back in the division, in the Western Division. Yeah. And they are um, four games, so they're a game and a half behind the Yankees for that right. for the, the last wild card. Now, they would also yeah. have to leapfrog two other, three other teams to get into the wild card. You have to remember that. Also, it's not just about how many games back you are. How much help are you going to have? And the difference is, you know, one of the big highlights of last night's game was Rodon got his first Yankee win, his first win in pinstripes. And he pitched well, really, for the first time this season. Uh, So we also know that when he gets on a roll, when he starts finding the strike zone, this dude can be as dirty as anybody in Major League Baseball. Um, 
the problem with the Angels, the Angels don't have that. The Angels don't. They have Otani, but he's already there. They need somebody else. And the rest of that pitching staff has struggled. There's been injury. You know, Mike Trout's still not there. Uh, Rondon still isn't. The, you know, they just – I don't see – I don't see them making that big push to make it to the playoffs to where they would justify keeping Otani. You know, it's funny. A week ago, you, you kind of wonder if uh, the Angels uh, sweeping the Yankees kind of changed the front office's uh, it could perspective have. On, on things. It could uh, have. If it yeah. gone the other way, who knows? Um, but this is the time of year that happens. Yeah. That just, the, I mean, we say it all the time, you know, the team, you're getting to the trade deadline this next week, or, you know, they need to play really good baseball to go ahead and help the team make the move. But it really gets, it's really, it's really comical sometimes that that's the approach that we get, that it can come down to one game. If you play a good game, maybe you're all in. If you don't, we're sellers. Right. You know, there are a couple of teams, uh, more teams involved like, like that. I'm thinking of the Mets and the Cubs. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's it's hard, you know, on the other side of town, it, it's hard to break down a team that uh, has the highest payroll in baseball uh, with all the expectations that the, that the Mets had. But they have they have some uh, some players either on expiring contracts or players, uh, you know, that are on, uh, you know, making less than Verlander and Scherzer mm-hmm. that, that could potentially be moved in uh, and, and help the Yankees uh, yeah. or other clubs, uh, you know, that are, are the Cubs, you know, going to deal Cody Bellinger. I think Cody Bellinger, Mike, would be a, a perfect fit for this this Yankee team. Yeah. I mean, if they're, if well, that's the reason why off, they brought him the on. Yeah. Was the idea. Now, you remember yeah. he hasn't been good for a couple years. He's actually been really good this year. Um, and it's a one-year contract. He's a free agent in the end of the year. Same thing with Marcus Stroman. You know, that's yeah. really one of the reasons why you brought these guys on was the idea was – you know, because what I would look at if I was in one of the central divisions, do I have a team that is World Series caliber? And I don't think there's a team in either central division yep. that you can say that. And I think that you have to kind of stay true to what your original plan was if you were the Cubs. And that's why you brought some of these guys on were to move them and get talent in return. Right. And they, they could get a big haul, I would out would anticipate for Bellinger the way he's playing now. I mean, yeah. he's, he's looking out like the guy who won the, uh, the, the 2019 MVP, yeah. MVP with, with the Dodgers. Uh, you know, we talked about the Mets. Uh, the Yankees could use a bullpen upgrade, too. Uh, they've got uh, Brooks Raley, as you know, lefty, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and old friend David Robertson, who, who could potentially uh, uh, yeah. be on the move if they uh, if they wanted to move them. Tommy Pham in the outfield, Mark Canna. Um, even a guy like Vogelback. I mean, I know the Yankees have, you know, uh, have gotten some mileage out of uh, McKinney yeah. and Bowers, but uh, you know, Vogelback's a guy who could stick a few in the in the seats at Yankee Stadium too. I mean, not not a huge difference maker, but just uh, you know, another guy on the on the periphery that that could help the yeah. club. But uh, but one guy I'm looking at if they couldn't get a Bellinger, Mike, is uh, Dylan Carlson from the St. Louis Cardinals. You got to mm-hmm. anticipate the Cardinals uh, could be big sellers at this deadline and uh you know it was just a year ago where where the yankees and the cardinals made a very surprising last minute trade deadline deal right uh you know, swapping uh, harrison bader for jordan montgomery who will probably be on the move again too so uh you know at least these two teams know each other's uh and that has something to do with it you already yeah. have a relationship built with the other team and you see this if you go back through you know previous trade deadlines you know teams that make Good moves for both teams have a tendency to make more moves. 
You know, you just build that relationship with the other organization, with the other GM. And now all of a sudden, uh, you know, there may be another move. And, you know, Harrison Bader has been a, a when he's been on the field, has been a big addition to this Yankees team. The guy that you mentioned that, that it would intrigue me is Tommy Pham, because I don't think he's going to yeah. be expensive. Tommy Pham plays with a lot of attitude. Uh, there's a lot of anger in his game. And I think that's something that maybe this this pinstripes uh, team, the Yankees, could actually could actually use. You know, Listen, any, anything would fire. be an upgrade in left field. That that's just been an empty position right. for the Yankees. And I don't year. think he's going to be expensive. I think he would be he would be reasonably priced. And um, like I said, he's a guy that I think will be able to handle the spotlight in New York. And I think that um, you know you put him back in a pennant race, you put him back in front of the stand and in, in front of uh, the fan base. And I think he could rise to the occasion. Yeah, I, if I'm making that deal, I'd want to get a, a reliever in that in that deal too, if right. I if I could. Yeah, but I ideally, you know, the Yankees would prefer a left-handed hitting outfielder or a switch hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, but, but you can't really in this, this situation. Point. I mean, they want they beat yeah. the Mets last night. They only got six hits, and three of those were by Harrison Bader. So right. I, I think yeah. you know you have to kind of go with whatever the market is offering. Yeah, you would love, but sometimes. You know what your what your special order is? Yeah, we're 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 out of that. You're going to have to just deal with a regular cheeseburger. Yeah, there's no question that uh, they, they need an upgrade in, in in any capacity. Um, you think Juan Soto staying put? What do you think the Padres do? Any any uh, any idea? I what think they, they I do think he stays put. I mean, that's another one of yep. those teams that's been a huge disappointment. Uh, yep. Here in 2023, they're also a very talented team, and you know when you get now they're still. I haven't looked at their the the, the National League West uh, standings, but this is a team that has a run in them, and how big of a run is it going to be? You don't know, right. but they have the talent to do it. That's the difference when we talk about we talked about the Angels a few minutes ago. I don't think they have the talent, whereas the Padres do. So, I, but I don't think Soto goes anywhere. I think the asking price would be too high, and he has not been a great player this year. Yeah, he's gotten on base like crazy, but he hasn't been that that you know best in Major League Baseball dynamic bat we've seen in the past. And it would it would, it would also take another you know gigantic uh, you know uh, trade package of, of, of talent right. to going the other way too. Uh, you know, similar to what we saw last year uh, when he was dealt from Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a few other notes on the Yankees. Uh, uh, guys uh, that they may be getting back on the horizon, not only uh, Aaron Judge uh, this weekend, but uh, they could have Jonathan Loiza go back in their uh, bullpen by yeah, huge, you know, another huge week, piece. 10 days. That would be huge. Uh, he already looked uh, – he already pressed the, the Yankees uh, coaching staff pitching live to Aaron Judge in a few of his uh, uh, bullpen uh, sessions already. And Nestor Cortez is on the horizon too. There you go. Yeah. I mean, those may be your – those may be your trade deadline moves that you just get your own dudes back and that can be huge. So, um, you know, that might, that might curb the enthusiasm of just bringing in another reliever, especially if it's not a type, a top flight reliever, but you know, relievers are really the one part of the trade deadline that anybody that's in contention, you can write it in pen, not pencil that everybody could use bullpen work. So, You know, that's something that everybody can use. But again, if that's the case, then there's still a whole lot of buyers and not a whole lot of sellers. And not to say they wouldn't do it, but this seems like one of the rare trade deadlines where the Yankees aren't heavily into looking at starting pitching because, you know, they they have 
as we mentioned, Nestor Cortez will be yeah. uh, could be back in their in their uh, rotation by the time the Astros come to town, or uh, when they go back on the road. I think uh, starting uh, August eighth against Chicago. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you know, and and someone if they stay healthy uh, between now and then is going to have to go into the bullpen sure. uh, to accommodate Cortez, and perhaps that means that either a Clark Schmidt or a Domingo Herman, if they don't go to your bullpen, uh, wind up in a trade uh, between now be. and, and, uh, and Tuesday. Uh, so that's that's another thing to look at, that the Yankees have some extra arms to spare in, right. in a deal for offense. And, uh, you know, uh, between now and our last uh, podcast, Jose Trevino, uh, the Yankees' uh, last year's all-star catcher, uh, is out for the year with a wrist injury. They could be looking at an upgrade at, at the catching department too. Um, Omar Navias is one name uh, uh, from the Mets. Jan Gomes, a potential other guy who could be on the move. So uh, from the Cubs. So uh, you know, who knows? They they may be going in that direction too. I think Brian Cashman's surely uh, looking at all all avenues. But oh, I think no guys doubt. like uh, Schmidt and and Herman uh, become become trade chips now. They could be, they could be, but you don't usually want to try. You you don't usually want to get rid of pitching. You want to save that, especially the pitching that's already at the big league level. You know, because yeah. if they're gonna, if there's gonna be a run, listen, I hate to say this, but it's gonna happen across the board with every team. At some point, you know, one of your main guys, they're gonna miss a start or they're gonna have an injury or something, and that's when that depth really comes into play. Yeah. So, you know, it might be a situation that that Brian Cashman just decides, okay, you know, we got a couple guys coming back. You know, this was the, you know, we really haven't got to play with a full roster all year. If we can get to that point, maybe that's our best bet than bringing somebody else in. Yeah. And we should also mention they they have a couple of guys who've had some limited success at the big league level this year filling in in the Yankees rotation and Randy Vasquez and Johnny Brito, who would also be potential trade ships too between uh, now and Tuesday. Hey, before we go, uh, Mike, I was just wondering, have you, have you played Immaculate Grid yet? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I yeah. have not played. I, I played amazing. it on the radio. I played it on okay. the radio and I think I got one. I am terrible. You, you could know, use yourself eight questions. times. You played for eight teams. There, there's bound to be <laughs> well, a, a Mike Stanton box you can, you can check. There, there might be one there. There might be one there. <laughs> but uh, I think when we – I hadn't played it before. It was on the radio yeah. last week, and I told the guys beforehand, look, I'm going to stink at this. But I think I did get one answer right. You got, or, yeah. So at least I helped yeah. that much. Just think of a lot of your teammates who uh, you know, were, were packing suitcases right. frequently. And then, That's and, right. And, well, I was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you eight, did manage eight, to stay in two – Two places eight. for seven years. So yes, but right? eight organizations and three of those twice. And three of those twice. Yes. Yeah. So there's a lot. Well, of, that, a lot of movement. That is the life of a left-handed reliever. <laughs> <laughs> Have left arm, will travel. That's right. All right. Well, we'll be traveling right now, and uh, we'll we'll see you right after the trade deadline. But it'll be an interesting few days, Mike. Uh, thanks so much. It's always a pleasure to be with you, and uh, we'll see you down the road next time. Yeah. It's gonna be a it's gonna be an interesting last couple of days, and uh, we'll see what we what everybody looks like uh, come August second. Yeah, I would think uh, we'll be talking about some new players uh, in the Yankees clubhouse next time we're together. All right, we'll see everyone soon. Thanks a lot. All right, adios.